Welcome to Hospitality From Within podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I'm your host, Kim Lerner, leadership coach and professor for the hospitality industry. In this space, we'll be covering a rainbow of topics to support you in learning how to show up for yourself first so you can show up for others, giving you coaching guidance and inviting in collaborators to join me in conversation that are paving the way to a more sustainable industry. Now let's let the learning and the storytelling begin. Welcome to the first episode of Hospitality From Within. Um, I'm so excited to be here to share the story that got me to um, where I am today and the person I am today. Um, I have felt, I've had the privilege of being able to share this story quite a lot often and realized that this is what impacts most, right? We all are looking for inspiration somewhere and we relate to one another in uh, the way of storytelling. And so I thought it would be really helpful to share my journey of how I got to be a uh, leadership coach and a professor, which both are really lifelong dreams that truly I wasn't really sure would ever come together. So it really starts with my childhood. I'm a born and raised New Yorker and I'm half French. I uh, went to a French school my entire life where all subjects were taught in French except for English. And I um, was a math whiz. I thought in formulas. Um, and I really struggled with any other subject matter that were related to words, which was really interesting. And, you know, as a young person, it is really challenging. We have a lot of insecurities. Um, I also, the school I went to was very severely disciplined. And so navigating all of that, um, was pretty challenging. Um, but one day my homeroom teacher, I was in economics and social studies, uh, major, and he couldn't understand why I was not understanding economics. <laughs> um, and he just, it, it was so, it was a fascinating time that I love to sort of look back in retrospect, where he knew that I was really skilled in math and physics. And economics was just really difficult for me. So for one week without expressing why he was doing this to the entire class, uh, he said, we're going to be learning economics in formulas. And the moment that he made this shift, I immediately understood everything. And so this was the first point of my journey of realizing what, how important language was and we all learn very differently. And I will circle back around to why this is such a key part of who I am and the coach that I am today. Um, from there, I you know, went to college and I was thinking to major in math and minor in visual arts. And I went to Boston University and I did not understand a word. I had absolutely no idea what was going on and I was so confused and honestly quite lost because English is my first language. <laughs> um, but I realized that there was just something that wasn't clicking and at that time I wasn't really sure what it was. So one of my very close friends was in a hospitality program and said to me, you know, you always talk about restaurants, you always say you're gonna open your own restaurant, 
you know everything about restaurants. Why don't you just transfer and take this class with me? And I kind of resisted because I was one of those people who really just wanted to do things my own way. And I still very much do it that way. Uh, And I didn't really want to go to school for hospitality because I felt like I didn't need to in order to be successful. And um, I'm really grateful that I did. So I transferred majors. I went to the School of Hospitality. I did not um, almost drop out of college, which I was on the verge of doing because I was doing so terribly um, in math. And I really just thrived. Um, And in those moments, I remember you know, there were topics that I just really did not uh, care for at all. But there were some teachers that really just were so authentic to who they were, um, that it allowed me to really figure out what I was passionate about and what I loved and um, understand how I learn a little bit better. Um, But I also suffered from really um, intense panic attacks during testing, which led me to do pretty poorly in tests. And once I put two and two together, I went to see an advisor to help me um, with somatic techniques to calm down. And I realized that I would probably never be able to go back to school because of my anxiety around failing. And so I gave up my dream on being a teacher. And that's where that started. And so I just moved right into hospitality and I Um, went to work for Union Square Hospitality Group right out of college. Um, During my uh, bachelor's degree, I had to get work um, credits. And so I worked at Oriole and I worked at Goodman's Cafe at uh, Bergdorf's. And I had really great experience and really great mentors. And I landed, you know, a dream job with the one restaurant group that I absolutely wanted to be in because my brother gifted me setting the table for Christmas, my um, junior year of college. And I was just thrilled. Um, I was at Blue Smoke and Jazz Standard for um, six and a half years. And I really sort of say that I, I grew up there. Um, and I started as a maitre d' and I ended my career there as the assistant general manager. And the amount that I learned during that time was uh, beyond imaginable. Um, and I had some really, really great colleagues to work with and some that really pushed me and uh, really believed in me. And it was really great, safe space that was quite challenging um, to be in my 20s. And I always just remembered how whenever there was a new trainee, I just loved teaching them the ins and outs. But more importantly, I loved learning who they were and how I could relate to them. And the moment that I could watch their body language light up is where I then knew that I had made an impact and I knew it clicked. And whenever anybody asked me, you know, what is your specialty? What do you love most about, you know, back in the day it was, we would call it managing. I would always say training. Um, Training was just like, I loved it, but I didn't realize from my viewpoint how impactful it was and also how my leaders knew that I was an incredible teacher already. And I didn't believe them. Um, I had a lot of insecurities. I was young. It was such a different time. It was very much of a time also where it was like, here are the keys, figure it out. 
Um, also as a petite woman in the industry, you know, I at moments felt like I had to fight really, really hard to be seen and to be heard and to be respected. Um, but I was very grateful to be with such a great company and, and, um, and honestly a leadership team. Uh, after that, I took five months off and I moved to Miami, um, which I learned a lot there, a lot of what did not work for me. Um, but I really grew this really sweet, impactful community that is just, um, I'm, I'm so grateful and, and we learned so much and we really sort of grew this, um, the restaurant scene was booming back then down there. It still is. Um, but we grew this community of thought leaders that were really sort of paving the way to build a really great ecosystem for the hospitality industry down there. Um, but I'm not made for the heat. Um, and I knew I missed my family and I needed to be closer to home. And the energy of Miami was just not the right fit for me. And I ended up uh, leaving, coming home, and I uh, joined culinary agents as the community manager, which uh, was, again, a dream role for me at the time. It was a role that didn't exist. And, um, you know, Alice and Ray and June, the co-founders of, of the company, really trusted me to um, explore and search and research and build the community of the network nationwide. And so I got to travel with the sales team and do presentations at schools and teach students how to use this incredible platform. Um, and more importantly, I learned how large our ecosystem is, that the hospitality industry doesn't mean that you are only working in service. It doesn't mean that you have to work 14 hours a day. It doesn't mean that um, you have to be in a toxic um, restaurant group or with a leader that is making you feel pretty sticky. Um, and to see, you know, the, the, the eager eyes of the students um, that I would present to was just so inspiring to me. And so I sort of started realizing at that time when I was out of operations that I was already a teacher, um, but I knew that I still could never go back to school. So I, I really just kind of let go of wondering what that dream would look and feel like. And um, from there, I then knew I was ready to dance again. Um, and for me, dancing means being back in service. I love to dance through service. I love to create magical experiences for people. Um, and I was ready. And I um, met this really dear friend of mine now, um, Carrie Brody, who is the founder and executive director of Emma's Torch. Um, and I, she put a lot of trust in me and I got to partner with her to uh, build out the first brick and mortar of Emma's Torch in New York, in Brooklyn, in Carroll Gardens. And I spent endless hours shamelessly reaching out to potential partners to give us donations so that we can open this restaurant. And I realized that my dream of opening a restaurant was coming to fruition. And I got to open Emma's Torch, um, bring on as well uh, my very dear friend who is now their culinary director and work with, you know, two incredible humans that till this day, they are my family. And really just seeing from the ground up how to build a restaurant um, 
was so amazing. And I knew that this is what I was built for. I knew that I was built to take somebody's dream and connect the dots and do the outreach and create the community and build all the resources and the service manuals and the teams and then teach them and train them. And then I need to pass it along. And so what I realized in that experience is I am really incredible at project management and also creating a calmness in the chaos. And during that time, my uh, life mantra, only yummy, was born. And I would make Alex and Carrie sit with me in the middle of the day when we were feeling very stressed out and close our laptops, lock the door, and do a meditation for a few minutes just so that we can get back to that only yummy feel, right? And get back to our center and remember that hospitality comes from within. Um, And so a lot of things were sort of planted throughout my career. Um, and I knew at that time too, it was, I I needed a bigger team. I needed mentors that had been in the industry for years and others that I would sort of be able to learn with, um, learn from and collaborate with. And I just knew I wanted to do another opening. So I joined the restoration hardware team, um, for the meatpacking opening, which was a beast. Um, and I, you know, was training for my second marathon during, that time and it was so impactful. I worked with absolutely incredible people and I loved it. And it was in that moment that in my career where I realized that my fear of speaking in front of people was going to dissipate and my ability to create really fun and engaging pre-shifts was where I shined. And I knew how to create momentum so that people could consistently tap back into that throughout the shift. I also knew that there were moments where I was being a reactive leader and I learned how to recognize it and then go back and apologize. And so I became this really in tune, observant, compassionate leader during that time. Um, I just enhanced everything that I had learned throughout all my years Um, And I loved building our team, you know, I would sort of like watch how everybody could work together and really sort of putting the pieces together. And, you know, I was I was my GM, who is now a very dear, dear friend of mine. um, We couldn't have done it without each other. You know, it was always a collaboration. Um, It was always one person leaning on the other, um, letting the other person shine. You know, it was like this really big, full support. And um, there was just one day where I realized, you know what, I may, it may be time. You know, it, it, I think I'm ready for something that's new. And this is a pattern that I realized within myself that I do big things and I am very efficient and productive during them. And then I'm looking for more. And I don't even know if it's looking for more. I'm looking for next. What is next? What can I learn next? What can I be more curious about? And more importantly, how can I help somebody? How can I make a bigger impact? And that's constantly what I'm going after. Um, And during that time, I started training for an ultra marathon um, and knew somatically that my light was starting to dim. And it was time for me to find 
the next team or the next opportunity that would really light me up. And I um, wasn't sure what it was going to be. I try not to really define things because it's just simply not how I function. (laughs) Um, I'm always sort of like listening into my soul and, and sort of like dreaming up what that could feel like. And more importantly, looking at things that really, um, are authentic to me, things that bring me joy and I'm really passionate about. And so I, uh, ran a race that I should not have done, but I did, um, with Katie Bell, who, I always admired and I had never actually met her uh, for more than five seconds. And we ran this really fast race together in the dark in Brooklyn, um, which my physical therapist was definitely not happy about because I was running an ultra marathon two, two weeks later. Um, but she was consulting on a new opening. And I said to her, you know, I'm not really sure if I'm looking for something right now, but you know, I'll think about it. And I slept on it. And the next day I messaged her and said, let me see the space. And I'm somebody that I have to feel the energy of a space to know that if it's right for me, um, I can tap into auras and energies really intensely, um, to the point that I've had to learn how to set more boundaries around that because I hold space for so many people in this way without them even knowing, but I knew I had to go into the space. And if I felt like it felt like home, then I knew I had to continue to pursue it. So I walked into the space and the moment I walked in, I was like, all right, I have to keep interviewing or I have to have the next conversation. And in fact, it was the same way that I felt when I walked into Emma's torch the first day when we started cleaning it. Um, I knew I had arrived home. So I went through the interviewing process. I ran my ultra marathon. I came back. I finished the interview process. And as I was on my way to Edina um, to open RH uh, Minnesota, I uh, accepted the offer to be the opening general manager of 232 Bleaker with another stellar team. And at this point, I felt like I had arrived. And it was another dream come true to work with such incredible women leaders um, in the industry. And, you know, I, I just almost, I was in awe. I couldn't really believe it. And to be honest, my nervous system couldn't handle it either. Um, And I was in my final training cycle for my 50 miler. It was October of 2019. And um, we were going to open the doors in December. And I then hit rock bottom. And I felt like every piece of me did not deserve this role. I didn't know how I ended up there. I felt like I hadn't, I had lost respect from people. I felt like I couldn't keep up. I just, I had so many stories that I was letting take over. And then they also made me believe those stories from within my head that I would not be able to complete this really, really important race or long run that I had been training for for a year. And so I really sort of had to navigate it pretty silently um, until I knew that it was time for me to get help. Um, And I knew the relationship that I had with myself was really mm, not kind. Um, And I feel very grateful. Um, I was able to find a therapist really quickly who I worked with for almost four years. Um, And you know, December we opened and then 
three months later, we closed due to the pandemic. And then we were um, closed again for three months. And then we opened um, as 232 2.0. And during the pandemic was the first time in my life that I got the slowdown that I really needed to tune in. And my nephew was born and he was the biggest gift of my life because he reminded me of what's really important. And he also reminded me of who I am. And to be able to care for a little being during that time and for my family and to be present with them, I realized that I really create safe spaces for people. And I'm a caretaker. And I observe people's energies and their body language and I tune in and I listen. And I just knew that there was something there, but I didn't know what that looked like. And so... When we reopened, it was um, it was the most incredible year and a half of my life, also hardest, where it was blood, sweat, and tears, and so much laughter was given um, during the reopening of 232. We pivoted every week. We absolutely supported each other through thick and thin, and we had so much fun along the way. But what started happening was I realize the disconnect that I was having with the guests versus my team and really starting to understand what my pillars were and what my, you know, leadership voice was and how I was able to help others shine and when it was my time to sort of step away and um, get out of their way almost and I was really struggling for some time because I could feel disconnect and there's nothing worse than, you know, being in an industry where your pride is with um, creating magical experiences. And I really just tuned in and I, I was finally able to take some time off and I went up to our, you know, family cabin and uh, got snowed in and had no choice but to really feel and process. And I made a couple phone calls to some uh, really impactful big cheerleaders in my life. Um, and, you know, when I spoke to my friend Randy, who um, is uh, the founder of a really important and impactful um, workshop for female leaders uh, called Fab, I sort of pitched her this crazy idea that I want to start a business. And she said, yeah, why not? And I knew at that point that it was time for me to start developing what it would mean to um, be an entrepreneur and to really follow my soul's calling. So I decided the business, I had a, a few calls with a lot of people and um, decided that I was going to name it my life mantra. And so I decided to name my business Only Yummy Always and that I would coach leaders and hospitality professionals to redefine hospitality from within and to understand and teach that we cannot show up for others if we are not showing up for ourselves first. The old rhetoric that the guest is always right and we have to give, 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 give is so wrong. If I was getting burnt out the way I was, I knew that there were so many more that were being burnt out over and over and we're just saying i'm fine i'm fine and then using other things to numb what was really happening we didn't have to work 14 hours a day that is just not human there's so much that we were taught that is just no longer applicable and thank goodness it's not 
Um, and then I kept thinking, you know, the staffing shortage is not a real thing. It is absolutely not a real thing. It really depends on the culture, on the leadership team and the space that you're in opportunities that you're creating for somebody that creates, you know, get your team that's going to stay. Um, you have turnover when you have none of those. You have turnover when, you know, you don't practice what you preach, right? Um, you have turnover when you don't create opportunities for people, no matter if they are a server or a dishwasher or, you know, the service manager. It, if there's no opportunities that are made, then that then that becomes no longer a fitted opportunity for that person. And so I just kept sort of like thinking through the equations, right? The formulas in my head of the way I thought. And I um, launched um, Only Yummy Always, which is my leadership coaching and hospitality consulting business, where I have the opportunity and honor, truthfully, to partner with different businesses and either do project management for them um, A to Z for restaurant openings so I can sort of like make that calm for them in the chaos and help them build a team culture from the bottom up um, that'll really create um, long lasting employees that are excited to grow and thrive um, and, you know, to coach leaders on how to show up for themselves first um, before they can show up for others by defining what their language is, by defining what their pillars are. And the moment that I stepped out of the restaurant, it was the hardest, biggest leap of faith that I was ever going to take. But I just knew that this is what I was meant to do. And I, um, I, I did just that. And it was absolutely, it's been an absolute pleasure to continue to expand the business, um, to continue to collaborate with really, really incredible partners. And, you know, through it all, one day I was having a conversation with somebody and they said to me, have you ever thought of being a teacher? And my jaw dropped and I said, it's my lifelong dream, but I never thought I could be because I can't go back to school. And let me tell you, within three months, I had had other conversations with other teachers and I then applied for CUNY Kingsborough in the culinary arts department and now I am on the faculty. And it is an absolute honor to be able to be in front of 80 students a semester and teach them confidence and watch them grow and yes, teach them subject matters that they're attending class for, but I always start class by letting them know, sharing my story one, and also letting them know that they're really here with me to build their confidence. And that is what the objective is for me. And if I can help them get there, then I have made an impact. And so what I do is I focus on building trust, creating safe spaces, and learning their language. And I simply just, I'm, I'm overjoyed. I almost cry um, always the first week of the first semester <laughs> um, because I just feel so much gratitude. And, um, you know, I now get to collaborate with other thought leaders, um, continue to coach um, individuals and teams um, on how to show up for themselves first 
um, that's what this is all about, right? So um, I focus primarily on understanding one's language, and I don't mean the English language. I mean your actual language from within. Um, from there, we build pillars so that you have your sort of like North Star and you always know if you're feeling activated or something feels really off or you're feeling insecure, you can go back to one of your pillars and pull out a whole box of tools to see how to get yourself grounded um, and really how to build your confidence. I teach leaders that ego is what actually is what makes us insecure. And so leading from a kind, a compassionate and an assertive space is what we're all thriving to do. Um, and I have decided that sharing our story and getting other leaders involved and other um, professionals around giving additional tools, resource and guidance is just another outlet that all of our industry professionals will likely enjoy hearing, right? We love storytelling and we love sharing. So um, that is my journey. And I have since um, scaled my business and I've opened the School of Hospitality from within that has workshops and guidebooks and a community circle for anybody to connect with leaders worldwide and share and gather insights together. And I'm excited to continue to grow it and to collaborate with other incredible people in this industry. So thank you so much for listening. And I hope that my story has inspired you just a little bit. Thank you for being here. I hope you were inspired by this episode. I invite you to share it with someone from your collective if you feel like it'll resonate with them. For more resources to fill your toolkit, visit www.onlyyummyalways.com. We'll see you next time.